listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. But now, it's time for this week's interview. Here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. My guest on the show today is Sarah Taylor, who is the Group Marketing Manager at Troubadour Publishing. That means Sarah works with Matador, which is the company's self-publishing imprint, and the Book Guild, which is their mainstream and partnership publishing company. Now, Sarah is a great person to speak to on the podcast because she's very involved with the company's self-publishing conference and their self-publishing experience days. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Paul, and thank you for that very flattering introduction. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mentioned in the introduction that you've got three key parts to your Troubadour business. Could you explain briefly what Troubadour does? Because you seem to have fingers in lots of pies. We do. We're quite busy here, Paul. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so Troubadour um, is actually a traditional publishing house, um, and we run a lot of academic, we publish a lot of academic books um, under our Troubadour imprints. So we have um, our series that cater to Italian studies, um, translated fiction, and we also did a series um, under our T2 imprint about writing books, how to market books, um, talking about self-publishing in general. Um, we also have our Matador imprint, which is our high-quality self-publishing imprint. Um, that offers very flexible self-publishing services. So we work with all authors who want us to do lots or very few um, services on self-publishing. More often than not, we're taking authors from their Word document and turning it into a printed book for them. So we're doing all of the services involved in that, um, copy editing, proofreading, typesetting um but we also have authors who perhaps just want us to do um the printing so they come to us with with print ready files um, and we, we print their books for them um we also do marketing and distribution and um, we have a full marketing team here at troubadour and we have links with all of the bookshops and retailers um, and we work with distributors and wholesalers um to make sure that we have um well complete and comprehensive distribution across the uk um, we also have a series of services for authors who have already published their books, um, whether they're ser- whether through themselves um, or by another publishing company. And we then do the distribution and marketing for those authors. So they just want um, to get their book out into the market and to have it available to purchase um, by bookshops. So you've very much got a foot in both camps, in the traditional camp and the self-publishing camp. Is there any division between the two? Do you find more people are looking at self-publishing now or is it still very, very even? Um, it depends, really. It, it's difficult for us because a, a lot of the, the authors and, and books that we publish under our um, traditional imprints are the kind of books that, that Matador won't publish. Um, so there's quite a kind of clear division of labour there. Um, the reason that Matador was established was because people were coming to us and saying, oh, I've got, I've got a book about my local railway station. Um, I've got a book about um, you know, my, my son's um, school years and I just want to publish it for myself. Um, and it's the kind of book that, that no publisher would ever take on and that we wouldn't take on um, through our traditional imprint. Um, and then we've launched Matador as, as a kind of as a reaction to that. Um, but we, we grew massively and the imprint's been running over 13 years now. So we started off with those books that were really just over going to be available for private sale. And we then grew. So we, we still work with those authors and they're lovely projects to work with. Um, but we also now work with a lot of authors who want their books to be available in Waterstones. They want to print 2000 copies. So we've gone from 
I would say, more small self-publishing to very market standard self-publishing where we're publishing books that, you know, look the same on a bookshelf as those from, you know, Penguin Random House and Simon & Schuster. We don't, we don't dissent, differentiate, we don't discern between, between the two. Um, Matador really used a lot of traditional publishing's methods. So, for example, when we launched Troubadour, by the time we were launching Matador, we already had all of those distribution channels in place. Um, we already recognised the need for very high production values, um, very high distribution values, and we kind of merged the, the flexibility and freedom of self-publishing with the, the distribution um, and, and professional standards that, that traditional publishing offers as well. Do you think there's still a stigma to self-publishing? To a degree, yes. Um, and to a degree, I think there always will be, just because there's always going to be the big publishing houses that kind of sniff slightly at self-publishing. But I think the tide is really turning. Um, I've worked here for nearly six years now. I think the main change came probably about a year or two after I started, when journalists started um, you know, covering self-published books. Bookshops became a lot more um, receptive towards self-published books. And, and and all those news stories started to come out like this person's just got a, a you know, mainstream publishing deal. This person is self-publishing and she sold 100,000 copies of her book. This person's done a, a 10 book series on Kindle and, and a million people have downloaded it. Um, so I think there's always going to be a certain stigma to it because people still feel that need to differentiate. Um, but we liken it to the fact that if you buy a CD, you won't often know who the label is. You won't often know who's produced it. As long as it sounds like a regular record... As long as it all sounds like EMA would produce, then what's the reason to discern? Why does it need to be self-publishing and publishing? It's just a book. That's, that's what we say. When authors come to you, have they generally uh, given up or found some level of exasperation with traditional publishing? Some of them have, yes. Some of them have kind of gone to get what they, they kind of deem to be the holy grail. And they've, they've gone to go and get that mainstream publishing deal and they've been rebuffed or they've not even heard back. Um, and then, then they have then come to us. But over the years, we've also seen a lot of authors who come to us as a, as a first resort, not a last resort. People have said, well, I've seen what traditional publishing can offer me. I've read all the news stories and quite frankly, I'd rather do it myself. Um, I think probably one of our most successful stories is, is Paulie Courtney, who um, did two books with us and got picked up by Avon for, for a three-book deal, part of HarperCollins. We have a lot of authors who get picked up by mainstream publishers. And at the, the, the launch of her third book said, I don't, don't like it. I don't, I don't like you guys. I'm coming back to self-publishing because they were pushing her books in a direction she didn't want. They were branding her books in a way she didn't want. And she really missed that control. So, yes, we have a lot of authors who actually come to us because they would rather self-publish than try and go through that traditional or mainstream route. I wanted to ask you about inputs and control because I self-publish my books myself and that means I do everything and have all the headaches and tearing the <laughs> hair out and all the bits and pieces that you have to do. So how much... All of the work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And there, there is a lot of work involved in it, isn't there? And sometimes I think I should be outsourcing more of this. But how, how much input and control do you give authors over the final process? Because that is one of the joys of self-publishing, isn't it? That you get it the way you want it. Absolutely. When it comes down to it, the author really has has the control. Um, you know, we don't say, oh, you need to take take this bit out. You need to have this cover. Um, we do offer guidance. So if we think that an author should have a copy edit or if we say, look, we don't actually think that this will, will work too well for you. We think that this could be perceived as offensive. If they're having editing with us, then we'll take it out. If they're worried that there might be legal issues, then we would recommend they go to a lawyer. Um, with the cover, we work really hard with the trade and with our sales reps um, who go out and sell our books for us. Um, and we will provide guidance um, with cover we do actually uh, now have a cover clause in our contract which means that if we're really not happy with the cover because we, we know that it's not going to sell then we will kind of enforce that we've never had to um, and generally authors are very happy to take our advice um, 
that we want to put the, the best book out on the, book, on the bookshelves. You know, we know that um, we know how the trade works. We know how they react to covers and, and we know how important a good cover is. So I think that covers probably the thing that we are most um, uh, we guide most on because it probably is one of the most important books. Sorry, one of the most important parts of publishing a book. Um, but generally, the, the control really is all down to the author because they are, they're there working with us. And we are providing that service. Um, but we do use our knowledge rather than just saying, well, that, that won't work, but sure, that's fine. We'll, we'll put it on there anyway. Um, we're really there to, to guide authors and hold their hand along the process rather than just be a yes man or rather than gatekeep like a traditional publisher would do. So again, a bit like the difference between completely do-it-yourself self-publishing and mainstream, we kind of we kind of fall in the middle where we're helping authors um, and they get that control, but they also get the benefit of our you know 25 plus years of experience. I think what you said about the covers there is really interesting because when you are a self-published author, I know I paid about £400 for my covers, uh, but yet a lot of people will go to a site like Fiverr.com and get them done for $5. And also, there's nothing that shows a self-published book more than a dodgy cover, isn't there? I always Absolutely. think it gives the game Absolutely. away. <laughs> well, we used to publish a magazine called The Self-Publishing Magazine, and some of the covers we've got were fantastic, and some of them were appalling. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and it's a real shame because, you know, we have a lot of review. We had a lot of reviewers who would produce glowing reviews and they would say this is a fantastic book but awful cover. And the problem is, is everyone says don't judge a book by its cover and everyone actually judges a book by its cover, which means that that content can be as fantastic as, as, you, as you can get it. It might be a fantastic book. It could be the next Harry Potter. It could be the next Fifty Shades. But if it's got a bad cover and it's going to put people off buying it, then you literally just shot yourself in the foot. What about the editing process, Sarah, uh, the proofreading, the, the, the editing of the text? How important is that in the process? Absolutely vital. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'm going to hark back to an email I once got many years ago um, when an author fell, oh, can I just, should I just send it as it is or would you rather have it like I'm submitted to a proper publisher? Well, I said, well, we are a proper publisher. You know, there's not a case of if a self-publisher and errors are okay. Um, and the amount of errors in mainstream books are also staggering, by the way. Um, it's not, it's not a, a, a finite process by any means for, for anyone. Um, but an author should have their book as, as, as close to perfect as they can get it, um, which is why we do do in-house editorial services. Not all authors take them because some authors contract those services on their own or they have friends, family who, who want to do it. We say it's always best to use an expert. Um, and sometimes when we're, we're publishing a book, we will say, you know, you're not having, a, you're not having an edit with us, but we've noticed that, you know, there's a few things that we could probably clear up for you. So, you know, if you'd like us to, then we can also carry out that service for you. So, again, we offer them and we do advise that it's, it's very important for authors to use their services. Um, but, again, we recognise that some authors may want to outsource that in a different, in a different way. And, that, and that's absolutely fine. Again, we're happy to be flexible. I was interested to hear you talking about uh, promotion earlier and marketing. Now, many marketers, it's quite an introverted profession and they'll be happy typing away on the computer and producing a wonderful work of art in terms of fiction. Uh, But the promotion of marketing is often the bit where self-published authors fail in that they, they get this beautiful book out there and then nothing happens. So how do you help with that process? What do you do? Well, first of all, we always say to authors, they should actually think about their marketing when they're writing the book. You have to think about who you're actually going to aim the book at before you even really put pen to paper because that's going to dictate how you write it, how you brand it in terms of cover, and again, how you market it. Um, the, the first thing that we do is we, we start working in advance. So as soon as a contract comes through to us, as soon as it's gone over to production, we start working on 
um, what we call advanced information sheets, which are sheets that we send out to the trade, notifying them of, of a new book that is coming out, um, and also press releases, which is what we're sending to the media when the book is published to actually market the book to publications, media outlets, so magazines, newspapers, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of bookshops make their buying decisions three to six months in advance. So as soon as we've got a cover, um, we get that out. We get that out to bookshops locally, nationally, um, places like Waterstone Smiths. So we're doing very direct marketing to those bookshops to try and, and get them to stock copies of the book. Uh, we also have sales reps who go out and meet with those head offices. They go into Waterstones and Smiths and they're physically repping the books to them. They're placing information about the books um, in front of the people who need to know. Um, and they also rep to local bookshops as well. Um, so it, it is all about comprehensive marketing and, again, about working in advance. Um, I don't know if you know this about Matt at all, but we set all of our publication dates six months in advance to give us enough time not only to do the production work, um, but marketing, which, which is what takes the longest time because there is that three to six month leading time. You know, if you publish a book tomorrow um, and say to Waterstones, oh, I've, I've got a book that's out on 1st of March, and they're like, well, we, we bought 1st of March, you know, we bought March titles months ago. So you need to give, have that leading time to, to, to have a shot um, at, at being stocked and being bought by those big bookshops. So working in advance is what we do, but the, the main brackets of the marketing are trade marketing for the bookshops in advance to try and get them to buy the book. Media marketing, when the book is out there, still hopefully in advance of publication, we try and get books ready two or three months in advance of publication um, to get those features, interviews, reviews, that kind of thing. We also do ebook marketing as well and digital marketing. So we do social media marketing. So we get authors set up on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we also do ebook marketing because we realised that back in 2012, there wasn't a way of an author sending out their ebook for review in a really professional way. It was either a, here's a gift voucher, can you please use it to download my book? Or it was, here's a PDF, please don't send this on to all your family and friends. Um, and we launched our ebook marketing services um, to really, uh, to, to, to come up with a way to offer an ebook review without kind of infringing on digital rights management, which we take quite, which we take quite seriously here. So yeah, so trade marketing, media marketing, ebook marketing, and um, digital marketing, so social media marketing as well. So we, we do quite a lot here, Paul. <laughs> you, you talked a lot there about um, bookshops, WH Smiths and Waterstones and places like that. One of the, the issues that I've encountered as a new self-published author is that I got my books on CreateSpace, first of all, and then I learned all about having to get them on Ingram Spark, and that if you want to get them in the bookshops, you have to do things a different way and buy ISBNs with Nielsen. It is a very complicated process, though, isn't it? It is. And again, this, this harks back to what I was saying about the fact that there is a lot of information out there. Um, and it's, it's really important for authors to go out and do their research. Um, and when we have authors that come to us and they say, can I get a quote? We say, go and, go and look at other self-publishers. Go and look, you know, first look online and find out everything you need to know. Go to other self-publishers, see what they can do for you, see what they can offer. You know, we think that we can, we're confident that we could do a great job in your book, you know, for X, Y and Z. We do all these services which we think will fit with your personal project. Because self-publishing, it isn't one size fits all. Everyone has a different book and everyone has different goals. But if the underlying thing is we're like, you know, we'll give authors all of the information that they need. And it's so important that authors aren't led blindly down one road because there's so many different ways to go about it. You mentioned two social media we hear a lot about the need for author platforms how, how important do you think that is as part of the marketing process i think it's really important but again it, it depends on the author um so we, we are quite hot on author branding here um and we you know we do author websites um we do social media for authors so twitter and facebook and, and we're really all about marketing not just the book but the author as well because often 
um, the author is actually more marketable if they've got a, an interesting story behind, you know, why they've written the book or if they are, for example, if they've written a book about um, healthcare and they used to work in the NHS for 20 years, they probably know what they're talking about. So it adds some credibility to the book they're publishing. Um, but it also helps if authors are publishing more than one book because obviously when you market one book, that's kind of like a finite campaign, a finite amount of time. But it's all about that long lead promotion for your backlist for the, for the books that you've got coming up. So when we do websites and, and Twitter and Facebook pages, we're not just branding it towards the book. It's all about the author. Um, and of course, it depends on the author as to what kind of promotion they're going to do. Again, we still work with authors who, who do very small interest titles, maybe very niche books that maybe aren't going to have that mainstream interest. And then you have the authors who want to get all the sales. who have got very mass market um, paperbacks, so like novels um, or very niche, sorry, very um, accessible non-fiction um, and who want to make quite a big splash about their book and, and that's where we'd recommend that they do all that promotion and you have to do it well because when we do the social media marketing services that we do here we launch them um, with an intent for authors to get set up and start using those themselves so the point is that if they're going to take those accounts over they should carry on with them rather than just kind of let them fade back into nothingness there's no point in doing it badly so you know we, we, we appreciate that just like there are different types of books there are different types of authors and so therefore our marketing services are flexible um to work with those authors um but an author i think she needs to recognize what they can do um and what they should do a lot of authors have full-time jobs a lot of authors are retired a lot of authors um, are quite young so it just depends I think author branding is really important but again it all comes down to that author and that book now I'm holding in my hand the last ever edition of self-publishing magazine which you were the editor of and it's a crying shame to hear that you've stopped publishing this now just tell us a little bit about this magazine because it must have been fascinating working on this it really was. Um, when I started the company, I was the book review editor. Um, and then as I, I made my way up, I, I was made the editor. And I loved it. And it's, I think it's a fantastic publication. And, and we are sad to see it go off after nine years. Um, the reason we didn't make too much of a fuss about it closing is because it wasn't a case of it had failed. A lot of people were absolutely devastated to hear that it closed. Um, the reason, so we started the publication nine years ago when there just wasn't the amount of information about self-publishing that there is now. There wasn't that same um, social media buzz that, that there, again, there is now. Um, and there just wasn't enough information. And that's why we started the magazine, was always to give authors information about self-publishing and to give authors the information that we felt they couldn't get anywhere else. Fast forward nine years... All that information is now available. It's all online. They have papers, you know, you have publishing magazines and, and, and papers that do daily editions, weekly editions, monthly editions. You know, if you, if you Google self-publishing, you'll get tons of pages, lots of organisations. Um, and, we, and we just still felt that while we were still getting really good feedback, um, with the fact that it was a quarterly publication, so we published it every three months, just meant that by the time it, it came out, we always had to have very timeless content um, so that it didn't date quickly. But by the time we were giving our news roundups, things that had happened quite a while ago, um, we just felt that authors probably get that information elsewhere. Um, we've had a real growth in the amount of events that we do. So we do self-publishing experience days here at our offices for authors who are looking to publish their books. Um, we do the self-publishing conference every year, um, which is about, we get about 150 people coming along to, to talk, to listen to sessions on various aspects of self-publishing. Um, and we kind of felt rather than keep keep doing the magazine as it kind of, kind of faded away amongst the growing buzz of everything that's that's online now because everything is increasingly online we decided to kind of shift our attention to the events that we felt were more important and you know and to, to branch out to things that we felt needed more time we've always been the kind of company that rather than just keep doing something 
you know, for the sake of it, um, rather than have a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We thought, you know, we try and examine what we're doing and constantly improve and kind of keep it ahead of trends rather than, like I say, just kind of keep feeding that information in. And, and it, it is a great shame to lose it. Um, but it was either a case of we were going to have to, you know, make it an online magazine, which that's not our main business. It was kind of getting to the point where to, to make it viable, it would have to almost become a, a split off from the company. Um, and obviously I used to edit that and I've got a full-time marketing job. So it was becoming a case of it simply wasn't, it wasn't ever going to be viable unless it was run as its own company, which was never really going to work for us. Well, I'm very sad to see it going. Can I congratulate you on, on publishing a great resource? Because I loved it. It was great. I used to read it you know, every quarter when it came through. It was brilliant. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. And then, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was great doing it while it lasted, but I definitely think it's, it, it's, it's time came to a natural end. Um, and I just want to thank everyone out there who read it, subscribed to it, supported it um, in any way. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> well, let's turn to the future because, as you said, you've got loads going on. And I know, um, I think about a week or two ago, I just booked my ticket for the uh, self-publishing conference. I missed it last year. It clashed with something. Oh, and no. I, I discovered <laughs> it in your magazine, I think it was. I'd read about it in the magazine and thought, um, oh, no, it, the dates clashed. Um, so I booked the ticket early this year and cleared the date. So I'm really looking forward to that. Could you tell us a bit about this event? Sure. Well, first of all, looking forward to meeting you there. Hope you enjoy the day. I'll say hello. Um, so this is our <laughs> this is our fourth publishing conference. It used to take place on a Sunday, but we moved to Saturday so the authors weren't having to rush back home um, after events and things. The reason that we started it was because we realised that, again, despite the amount of information that there's there online, a lot of authors didn't actually know what to search for. They didn't know what to, what to look for. And again, with a magazine, we had the constraint where we were trying to produce content among kind of a similar range of subjects. With a conference, it's a way for us to bring in loads more experts from loads more different fields and bring them all together and let um, authors and delegates um, tailor the event to what they want. So, for example, we have a range of sessions on things like bibliographic data, you know, how to get your book out there online, how to create an ebook, how to do the marketing, how to do a cover, how to um, do the editing, how to launch a book. There's so many different topics out there. The conference is designed to let authors pick and choose as to, as to what exactly they want to do. So, for example, you might be looking at how you can expand your digital online presence, in which case you might want to come along to our session about using your author website to the full or um, going to our session about audiobooks or how to maximise your ebooks potential, things like that, or how to you know explore different types of ebook self-publishing and how to do a book trailer and, and things like that. So it's really designed for authors to tailor the day around their demands and around their project. Again, not one size fits all. And the amount of delegates come to our conference, a lot of them are just thinking about writing a book. It's just a seed of an idea. A lot of them have already written the book and they're tweaking it. A lot of authors have already got a book and it's published and they're looking to the next one or they're looking to republish it. And there's so many different authors from so many different stages and walks of life. Um, the conference really lets lets them make the, the day their own rather than just kind of follow a set timeline of sessions that maybe aren't all relevant to them. I wanted to actually attend virtually all of the events. I had to narrow them <laughs> down and I thought, oh, I want to see I want to see everything. It looks brilliant. So it's you've got a really good programme planned. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. I guess it's nice to be spoiled for choice, isn't it? But um when people come to these conferences, if you're if you're an aspiring writer and you're thinking, oh, it's gonna be full of people who are all published and you know selling loads of books, is that the case or is it very much an event for the 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 unpublished writer or the aspiring self published writer as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's an event for everyone because we, we work with authors 
who come to us for master or just for distribution who have who have done really well or they want to explore self-publishing because they've been traditionally published before or they've just written a book and they've got no idea what to do with it um, and that really is, is what they should come to the conferences to get information out and also to talk to other authors and to talk to the speakers because writing and publishing can be a very lonely prospect i think a lot of authors who are doing it kind of sitting at home typing away and they don't actually really get to talk to people um, i think the self-publishing community being an indie author is a really um inclusive community to be part of nowadays and the conference was great because we have coffee breaks and lunch times and, and we just see authors talking to each other about their books and how did you go into a bookshop well i did this how did you get such a great cover well i went and did this and it, it's nice to see that that dialogue existing between authors and trying to you know trying to see what what worked for them what works what's what's worked for other authors and how they can kind of um, emulate that to a degree and how they can use those experiences to help them because a lot of authors don't know where to start um, and that's why we have some authors speaking on the day as well um, we've got one of our authors speaking about um, self-promotion we've got um, a selection of authors talking about how they write different types of historical fiction and that's because we have um, authors who want to learn how some people personally did it rather than hear from an expert they also want to get that author um guidance and that opinion and see how they did it and how that self-publishing author's done and how they can then kind of not capitulate on that but how they can use that to help their own journeys because like you say there's so much out there there's so much to know there's so much to do um and it provides an inspiration as well obviously there's lots of authors doing very well with self-publishing um nowadays rarely a day goes by when you don't hear some kind of success story or other um and i think it's an inspiration for those authors who are maybe still finding there is still a bit of a stigma attached to it or have found that they've gone to mainstream publishing and it hasn't worked for them so yeah so the day is really a way to educate and also inspire those authors and to connect them to other people yeah i'd certainly endorse the value of networking at these events and the great thing about it i know i i only started going to events last year and i think the great thing about them is that everybody's got something in common and that is that they're writing books or they want to write books they want to publish and sell them and you just pick up so many tips in that environment don't you absolutely um and some authors will be able to provide um unique viewpoints in the fact that they've written a completely different book but they might still have done something that will work for you for example they might have published their book in a certain way that's got them great distribution or they might be from the same local area as you and oh did you know about this great local bookshop that likes doing signings or it could be a case of you know you're writing in a similar genre um, you might both write a children's book and kind of what they found difficult, how they've been able to overcome certain things. Like, for example, obviously with illustrations um, and age ranges, I think could be the most important things in terms of children's books for authors to get right. Um, and it's interesting for authors to know not what, where to go right, but also how to avoid going wrong, how to avoid those pitfalls. You also mentioned earlier that you run self-publishing experience days. That sounds fascinating. What's involved in those? We do. So we have... Um, we invite authors to come into our offices. It's only a small handful. Um, it's about, I think, nine or ten people in each, in each, uh, each experience day. Um, and it's just a case for, or it's just a place for authors to come in and hear from the different people who work at Matador about their department, how they do things, how they edit books, um, how, how to market, um, how they can do an e-book. So we, we talk about all of the different departments within Matador both how we do things with authors who are publishing with us and both how authors can um, do things themselves. So what I did a speech on, on marketing last year and I talked about if you're going to be using a company like Matador, we'll do all this for you. If you're not, this is kind of what you need to do. And it's a very intimate, kind of closer session rather than it being 150 people. Um, it's a much closer environment and people can actually come along and they can book in one-to-one -one sessions with 
staff members. Um, so, for example, I've got one this year. I've got a meeting this year with someone who wants to talk to me specifically about marketing. We might get someone else who wants to talk specifically about ebooks. So it's just much more, um, much more of a closer session. And um, we also sometimes have um, experts coming in either because they've published before, or they're from like a printer, or you know they, they might come in and, and talk about their own experiences of, of self publishing. Um, so we bring in experts as well. But it really is about what we do and also how authors can um, can do it themselves. In fact, the feedback that we had from last year's experience day was that people wanted to know more about Matador and what they can do, whereas we've always taken it as a case of not trying to sell our services, but this is what you, know, you should be doing if we're not going to be doing that for you. Can you tell us where we can find out more about these services? Do you have a, a, a central web presence where we can find out more information? We do. We actually have a link through from our um, Troubadour um, publishing page, the www.troubadour.co.uk page. It links you to everything that we do for Matador, um, also to our independent marketing and distribution services, the self-publishing conference, and also the self-publishing experience. And we do have our own website for that as well, called uh, www.selfpublishingexperience.co.uk, but that does link through from our main website as well. Brilliant. We should finish by uh, just talking about the the forthcoming self-publishing conference. Uh, Where's that being held and what's the date? Um, so it's being held at the University of Leicester. Um, it's Saturday the 7th of May. It's the Stanford Court Conference Centre. So we've had it there the last um, three years just because Leicester is actually quite accessible from various parts of the country by train um, and there are hotels nearby and it's, it's a great conference um, facility. We've always had great feedback about where it's held. But yes, yeah, Saturday the 7th of May. And after the uh, day finishes at five o'clock, authors can go home if they want. But then we also have a drinks reception from five to six so that authors can mingle, talk to people who've been speaking talk to others, authors who are attending and also talk to Matador staff members. And it's just a nice way of kind of talking about everything you've learned and, and any kind of final closing questions you have before kind of heading off home. Brilliant. Well, I'm booked in and I'm really looking forward to it. Sarah, thanks ever so much for joining us on the podcast today. You're very welcome, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely to talk to you. Nice to speak to you. That's Sarah Taylor, who is the Group Marketing Manager at Troubadour Publishing. Now, just to remind you, the fourth self-publishing conference takes place on Saturday the 7th of May. Last year's event was a sellout, so book your ticket fast at www.selfpublishingconference.org.uk. Thank you for listening to this week's Self-Publishing Journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.